It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans? You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Tuesday, and my name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host, and I just want to say Jesse Winker is Awesome. We're going to talk about his performance that saved the Reds on Monday night, and we're going to take a look at a couple of overreactions in the good a little bit later on. But before we get to that, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. Check us out on social media at Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And also, make sure... That you have in your phone, the Locked On Reds line. It is a voicemail with which you can call, leave your questions, leave your reactions. I check it periodically to see what's going on. It's 513-549-0159. Definitely want to get a fan reaction post. Going to call it Wisdom of the Crowd. Shout out to listener Jake. That... We're going to just take some of the good reactions, and I'll put them in the show. But anyway, let's talk about the Reds win. The Reds begin the series in New York against the Mets with a 5-4 to four victory Monday night. And, you know, there were two things. Obviously, the first was Jesse Winker's ninth inning blast. I mean, he got every single bit of that ball, that pitch that Edwin Diaz threw to him. And it was funny because the first, you know, the the first two batters of the inning, Joey Votto and Eugenio Suarez, got good pieces of the ball. But with the way the weather was there at City Field and the and the wind was kind of blowing in a little bit, they were just lazy fly balls that fell right into the left fielder's glove. This one, Jesse Winker just clobbered it. I mean, if you haven't seen the replay of that, he got every single bit of that pitch. And it was amazing because as soon as he hit it, he knew it. Everyone knew it. That thing was way out of here. He was jumping out of the batter's box and pumping his fists in the air. He was so excited. He even dropped an F-bomb as he was running back into the dugout. And, uh, you know, Fox Sports didn't catch it, so that was kind of funny to hear that over the live broadcast. But Jesse Winker, the hero of Monday night. But he wasn't the only hero. Hero 1A, or, you know, 1B, whatever. Jesse Winker's 1A. Hero 1B is the Reds' bullpen. Tanner Rourke wasn't sharp on Monday night. In fact, he ran into a big spot of trouble in the fourth inning. He got two outs rather quickly, and then he walked the number eight hitter, Juan Lagares. He allowed a single to the pitcher, Zach Wheeler, and then all of a sudden the wheels just came off. No pun intended after a Wheeler hit. He walked the next two, or, you know, he walked the next guy to load the bases. 
the leadoff hitter McNeil, and then he walked Pete Alonso to walk in the third run of the game. At this point, it was four to three Reds. So then David Bell pulled on a string, and he brought in Wandy Peralta. And Wandy kind of looked like a deer in headlights. They were showing him on the mound. He was taking his time getting the sign from Tucker Barnhart. There was a situation where he was down three balls and no strikes to Brandon Nemo. And he was looking into Tucker for the sign for what felt like a half an hour. And everybody knew he's just going to throw a fastball. Like, I mean, what, what are we, what are we waiting on here? But he ended up walking in another run, which tied the game at four. And from then on, it was just a duel between the two bullpens as Zach Wheeler pitched. I believe it was another inning. And then they got into the Mets bullpen and the hitting, it almost looked like it was going to be a, another one of those nights. Another night where we as Reds fans just sit there shaking our heads. I mean, especially in the eighth inning. I'm not going to go over how much I hated the bunt. You all know how much I hate the bunt. But with Tucker's bunt, that put runners on second and third with one out. That brought up the pitcher spot, which Derek Dietrich was pinch hitting for, so they intentionally walk him to bring up Jose Peraza. So Jose Peraza's up, bases loaded, one out, beautiful situation, except he hits a hard grounder right to the third baseman who steps on third, tosses it to first, Ending-ending double play. That was a microcosm of the night for the Reds to that point. They had many, many opportunities, it felt like, to blow the roof off the doors on this one. And they just couldn't get it done until Jesse Winker smashed that home run. And it was great because Rysel Iglesias came in to pitch in the eighth inning whenever they were facing the top of the Mets lineup. And that was David Bell recognizing the situation with which he needed to use Iglesias. And then the Reds get the lead, so Iglesias is on the hook for the win. It feels like in years past, a manager for the Reds would have brought in a different reliever here to get the save. But David Bell didn't do that. David Bell left Iglesias in. He promptly struck out the side in the bottom of the ninth, getting the final out, a strikeout of our former favorite son, Todd Frazier, and just shut the door very emphatically. Two innings to cap off five and a third shutout innings, shutout ball by the Reds' bullpen. Now, obviously, Wandy Peralta, he walked in a run, but that run was charged to Tanner Roark. And just a magnificent performance. The Reds as a whole came into tonight's game with the fourth best bullpen ERA in all of baseball. That's right, fourth best. As an entire staff, when you put the starters and the relievers together, the Reds have the best ERA in the National League at 3.35. They've got the third best ERA, again, coming into tonight in all of Major League Baseball. Raise your hand if you saw that coming. Now, that's an overreaction to an early season thing. Obviously, we've been overreacting to the lineup this early. Let's overreact about something good, huh? Real quick, though, before we start overreacting. Don't forget that you can access the Locked On Reds podcast and 
all of your favorite Locked On podcasts via your smart device's voice activation function. Just simply say, hey, smart device, play Locked On Reds, and it'll pull right up. You don't even have to go searching through your app on your phone. It's an easy way in the car if you're driving and you want to listen to the podcast. Just use your voice activation function, and it'll pull right up there for you. You're listening to the Locked on Reds podcast here on this Taco Tuesday. We talked about the Reds win over the Mets of the 5-4 to four variety just a few minutes back. I want to overreact to some good things because it feels like there's been a lot of just knee-jerk feelings about negative things. Zach Duke, Scott Shebler, the lineup's not scoring runs, all this and that and the other. Let's talk about some good. First of all, let's look at the pitching because the mandate in the offseason was hashtag get the pitching. And as we're almost, you know, May is upon us. It's almost May 1st. Not quite yet. Still April. As we finish up April, the Reds currently sit as the best ERA in the National League. Their starters have the fourth best ERA in the majors. Their relievers also have the fourth best ERA in the majors. Just absolutely phenomenal. And and really this point last season, the bullpen they weren't I mean they weren't great, but they weren't terrible. But they were being overworked. They threw so many innings. This year is not that case. I mean, it feels like it. When you watch games, it feels like David Bell is getting into the bullpen pretty early in some games. But honestly, when you look at the total number of innings that the bullpen has pitched to this point, they're right about middle of the pack. They're not the most. They're not even close to the most. And that is encouraging because that means that they're saving guys who really seem to wear out at the end of the season last year, like David Hernandez and Michael Lorenzen and those guys. I mean, Michael Lorenzen looked absolutely phenomenal in tonight's game. He had his cut fastball working like a charm, just mowing guys down. Great outing by Amir Garrett, who for some reason is getting cast as a loogie. I don't understand it. He deserves to be pitching against everybody, not just left-handed batters, but that's neither here nor there. It was nice to not see Zach Duke. Again, not going to go negative. We're going positive here. And then, of course, Rysel Iglesias just shutting down the door. This team, the, the pitching has been awesome. And Tanner Rourke wasn't on his game tonight, but we're going to see the best of the best tomorrow as the number one ERA comes to the mound for the Reds. That's Luis Castillo. That that number one ERA in baseball. I'm not talking about the National League. I'm not talking about you know the Reds as a team. I'm talking about every single starting pitcher that qualifies for this number. Luis Castillo has the best ERA. 1.23, and I had to look that up just to make sure I got the right number, but 1.23 ERA, just absolutely phenomenal. Really looking forward to watching him work against this Mets lineup. You know, as I mentioned, the Mets aren't, I wrote a preview on LockedOnReds.com for the series. The The Mets are no slouch with the bat. But the Reds did a pretty good job. If they just would have kept the ball in the strike zone, this would have been a much easier night. But all in all, they still got the win. Still loving what I'm seeing from the pitching. Derek Johnson is a wizard. I've said it before. He's a wizard. He's got some kind of magic 
something about that hat that he's got. I don't know. Just absolutely imparting all sorts of magic to the Reds pitching staff. And I'm loving every second of it. The next overreaction that I want to give you in a positive way is our friend Jose Iglesias. Come on, people. Let's talk about this dude right here. He comes to the team on a minor league deal, on a show-me deal. Are you kidding me? He's batting two ninety seven with 74 at-bats. He's got a homer and six RBIs. Just, I mean, you know, that's that's not phenomenal on the batting stats, but it's not bad either. He's been a linchpin at the bottom of the lineup for the Reds. A guy that he's been slotted into lineup spots where the opposing pitcher may want to take a break, you know? Maybe take it easy for a couple of pitches. Uh-uh. Can't do that with him. He's been doing awesome to begin this season. And then, I mean, come on. His glove is absolutely phenomenal. Silky smooth out there at the shortstop position. If a ball is coming his way, if you know, if a ball is hit there in that shortstop position on the left side of second base, there's probably about a 99% chance Jose Iglesias is going to pick it up and toss it to first. He is just absolutely phenomenal. And one of the reasons that the Reds are where they are at this point. Now I get it. They're four games under 500. They're sitting at 12 and 16. But he has been a guy that when they've needed a base hit or when they've needed a defensive play, he's been there. I'm absolutely loving what Jose Iglesias has done so far this season. And he's almost gotten, I mean, you know, if not for the struggles of Jose Peraza, if Peraza is where he is at last season, are we even worried about when Scooter Jeanette comes back? I mean, be honest with me here. I know Scooter is a big guy on this team. He's one of the faces of the Reds currently to a lot of people in the city. But be honest with me. If Jose Peraza is hitting 280-something, leading the team in singles and all that stuff like he was last year, and you've got Jose Iglesias over there picking everything that comes at him, are we worried about when Scooter Jeanette's coming back? That just shows you, and I'm not going to get into all that, right now, but that just shows you the decision that the Reds front office has to make when it comes to re-upping Scooter Jeanette and his contract that's expiring at the end of this season. Anyway, I'm just really happy with the way that the Reds pulled out this win. Jesse Winker, kudos to him. Like I said on Twitter, Jesse Winker is my spirit animal. Absolutely killed it. He's got eight home runs, which sets a career high for him. I got a really good feeling we're still in for some more from him. He's actually on pace to hit 45 home runs. I saw that on Twitter as well. So let's see if that happens. That would be awesome if it did. Tomorrow's podcast, we're going to recap game two. We're going to be talking all about Luis Castillo. I'm, I, I plan to be sitting on every pitch. I really can't wait to watch him deal against the Mets. We're going to recap that game, and we're also going to look at some encouraging news and notes. Hopefully, we'll get an update on you know, some injuries and, um, you know, Nixon Zell real quick. I know I was about to end the podcast, but we're not over yet. Nixon Zell, awesome night, multi-hit game in Louisville, hit his first home run of the season. Bring him up this weekend. Come on. I mean, do it. They're coming home for the Giants. It's the celebration, the official 150th anniversary. It happens this Saturday. Put your franchise linchpin for the next decade in the game this weekend. Do it, Reds. Do the right thing. 
Anyway, that's it for Tuesday. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe on all your major podcasting platforms. Check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr. Go over to LockedOnReds.com where I've got a season or a series preview of the Reds and Mets. And we've got all kind of great content up there by our team of writers, Dave Pemberton, with a couple of articles and just more on the way. I will see you guys on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.